Hello, friends. I hope this finds you in good health, secure. At that time, the Bodhisattva Mahasattvas who had welled up out of the earth, you and I, equal in number to the atoms in the thousandfold world, 3,000 realms, all in the Buddha's presence, single-mindedly joined palms, looked up at the august countenance, the august countenance, pronunciation, and addressed the Buddha saying, O world-honored one, after the Buddha's extinction, in those lands wherein are the emanations of the world-honored one, in those places where he has passed into extinction, we will broadly preach this scripture. What does that mean? Well, we already know by now that the extinction of Shakyamuni Buddha is not the extinction of Buddha. It's just the extinction of Shakyamuni. But Buddha is the state of affairs of the cosmos. It's always here. But it's only in our sentient minds that we're able to experience it. Aha. So, to say that we will, in those lands wherein the emanations of the world honored one, in those places where he has passed into extinction, simply means emanations of Buddha. What are emanations of Buddha? Every phenomenon in the universe are emanations of Buddha. You and I are emanations of Buddha. It's the engine of life. But for many, the idea of Buddha as represented in the human experience is extinct. It's, it's amazing to think that there are people, humans on this planet, that have never heard the word Buddha or Buddhism, let alone the throngs of pil uh, billions of people who've heard Buddhism or Buddha and yet know very little, if anything, about it. What it truly is. So it stands to reason that it would be those of us with the highest capacity for knowing, understanding, accepting, reading, reciting, so on and so forth. It falls on our lives to educate, to assist, to demonstrate Buddhism. Right? We can't hand it out like business cards because it has to be done by an individual, by one sentient mind. But we can guide. Hmm? Why would we do this? What is the reason? We also wish to gain this truly pure great Dharma ourselves. And in order to really attain the experience of enlightenment, Buddhaness, it requires that we share it with others. Only then can we fully realize Buddhahood. To receive and keep it, to read and recite it, to preach it, to copy it, 
and to make offerings to it. I haven't used this analogy in a long time, but many of you, especially younger folks, I don't know if they still sell these things for kids in the toy stores or hobby stores. Used to be able to get these very inexpensive tumblers. They're made out of plastic. And a little hand-driven. There's motorized ones, of course, if you really get into it. And yet you would put a, a solution, like a salt water brine kind of solution, into it and dump a bunch of just rocks. Rocks you would find on a beach, in the driveway, on, in the dirt, whatever, no matter, some nice, some not so nice. And you just tumble them. Now, the electric ones are much better because you let this go for a day, two days, three days. And the thing is, after a while, when you go in and you empty out the, the, the liquids and you empty out the, the rocks, they're all polished. Some of them are super shiny and smooth. All the little rough edges gone because these rocks have been tumbling against one another and slowly nicking off any protrusions. And the more they rub on each other, the more smooth they get. And the smoother they get, the more this solution acts like kind of a, a sanding compound or a buffing compound. There may be several different solutions that you can go through. And you can make some really gorgeous, shiny stones, even make jewelry with them. The point is, the rock on its own has very little opportunity to become a shiny jewel in somebody's jewelry. But by joining with other rough rocks, and slowly they hone one another so that they all become shiny jewels. The jewel analogy happens a lot in Buddhism. Is that an accident? At that time, in the presence of Manjushri and the others, of the whole multitude of incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of bodhisattva mahasattvas who had long resided in the Saha world sphere, as well as of bhikshus, bhikshunis, upasakas, upasikas, gods, dragons, yakshas, gandharas, the whole lot. The unperceivable, unfathomable extent of human consciousness is at this assembly. The world-honored one displayed great supernatural power, putting forth his long, broad tongue, which I've said before, is a uh, metaphor for his voice, his distribution of teachings of the Dharma, puts forth his long, broad tongue, which reached upward as far as the Brahma world, completely out of sight, up into the cosmos. His word reaching everywhere hmm? in the ten directions, if you will. While his pores emitted rays in incalculable numberless colors, all universally illuminating the world's spheres in all ten quarters. Not just a tuft between his eyebrows, not just the top knot on his head, from every pore of his body, illumination. For all to experience the illumination of what? Buddhaness. Hmm?
The Buddhas on the lion thrones at the foot of the multitudinous jeweled trees also in the same way put out their long broad tongues and emitted incalculable rays of light. All the enlightened minds did the same. When Shakyamuni Buddha and the Buddhas at the foot of the jeweled trees had displayed their supernatural powers after the passing of a fully of fully a hundred thousand years. You get pretty significant dry mouth after a hundred thousand years. They drew back their tongues and at once both coughed <laughs> and snapped their fingers. That's an interesting little ritual, isn't it? These two sounds reached throughout the world's spheres of the Buddhas in all ten directions, and in all of them, the earth trembled in six different ways. The living beings in those world spheres, gods, dragons, yakshas, on and on and on, saw the Buddhas seated on the lion thrones at the foot of the multitude of incalculable, limitless hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of jeweled trees in the Saha world sphere and saw Shakyamuni Buddha together with many jewels that thus come one seated on a lion throne within a jeweled stupa. This is the distribution of the teaching throughout the cosmos, yes? Now, our cosmos may be this earth, but the meaning of this is that the teaching isn't spared from a single spot. And the teaching, obviously through Nichiren, is through the stupa, which we've already said before, is wherever the chanting takes place, your body itself. But embodied for us as an altar in the Butsudan with the scroll, the mandala. Hmm? Seven jewels, namum myoho renge they also saw incalculable, limitless hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of bodhisattva, mahasattvas, and fourfold multitudes surrounding Shakyamuni Buddha in humble reverence. When they had seen this, they were all overjoyed, pretty blown away, I'd imagine, having gained something they had never had before. Yeah, this is unique. No other sutra speaks of this, yeah? Straight away in open space, the gods with a loud voice declared incalculable, limitless, hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of asamkaya of world spheres beyond this place is a realm called Saha, Earth. Within it is a Buddha named Shakyamuni. To sundry bodhisattva mahasattvas, he is now preaching a scripture of the great vehicle named the Lotus Blossom of the Fine Dharma. A dharma to be taught to bodhisattvas, a dharma which is the Buddha's, which the Buddhas keep protectively in mind. You must all rejoice profoundly in your hearts. You must also resolve and take reverence to venerate and make offerings to Shakyamuni Buddha. When those beings had heard the voice in open space. They faced the Saha world sphere and with palms joined, they said, Nama Shakyamuni Buddha, Nama uh, Shakyamuni Buddha. Taking sundry floral scents, necklaces, banners, parasols, and other accoutrements of the bodily adornment, they, uh, the precious gems and fine objects, all together, they scattered them from afar on the Saha world sphere. So we're in a very privileged place to be born human in a place that supports 
are being born and living so that we can manifest this sentient mind to experience the truth of the cosmos. Life. The things they scattered came from all ten quarters, like clouds gathering and turning into jeweled canopies completely covered the Buddhas in this region. Obviously, this is an opulent scene meant, again, to, to manifest some kind of an earthly, samsaric picture of how incredible this is. Beyond all expectation, right? If you want to talk about wealth beyond wealth, Unfortunately, the word wealth is a samsaric thing. And so sometimes you have to drop so many coins of gold and, and uh, currencies all over the ground until you're so buried in it that you can't conceive of having anything more just to understand what true wealth is, even though that's not true wealth. The true wealth is being enlightened. But, right, there's this constant back and forth between the mental awakening and the experience of the mental awakening. And the only way you can touch a human being with a sentient mind about this kind of opulence is through the only frame of reference we have, the physical universe. But if it leads you ultimately to understand Buddha-ness, so be it. Because, as he says, only Buddhas with other Buddhas can understand the depth of this teaching. So get there, get to Buddha-ness, and then you won't need all this contrivance and hyperbole. <laughs> You'll be there. You see, expedient means, expedient devices, skillful means, whatever you want to call it, storytelling. The things they scattered came from all ten quarters. At that time, though, the world spheres and all, through the world spheres in all ten quarters, passage was unobstructed, as if they had been in one Buddha land, all taking place in one place. At that time, the Buddha declared to superior conduct and the great multitude of other bodhisattvas, the supernatural powers of the Buddhas are as incalculable, as limitless, as far beyond reckoning and discussion as this. Yet, if by means of these supernatural powers I were to preach the merits of this scripture for incalculable, limitless hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of Asankaya Kalpas, with the purpose of entrusting it to others, I could still not exhaust those merits. You only get it when you get it. Briefly stated, huh, really? All the dharmas possessed by the thus come one, all the thus come one's supernatural powers of self-mastery, the treasure house of all the thus come one's secrets, all the thus come one's profound affairs are entirely proclaimed, demonstrated, revealed, and preached in this scripture. Where do you think Nichiren got that idea? Myoho Renge Kyo are the characters that contain all the 69,384 characters of this teaching. All of the 69,384 characters of this teaching contain... All the thus come once profound affairs and entirely proclaimed, demonstrated, revealed, and preached in this scripture. To chant Namo Myo Rengekyo is to chant the very enlightenment, the very characteristics, the very aspects, the very 
beingness of Buddha. This is why I say when we chant Namo Myorengeko, we are invoking Buddha. And Buddha is nowhere else than in your sentient mind, should you choose to awaken it. For this reason, after the extinction of the Thus Come One, Shakyamuni, you all must single-mindedly receive and keep, read and recite, interpret and copy as you teach, so practice it. As you teach, so practice it. Do what you say, say what you do. In any land, if there is anyone who accepts and keeps, reads and recites, interprets and copies, and as he teaches, so practices it, whether in a place where scriptural roles are lodged, or in a garden, or in a grove, or at the foot of a tree, or in a sangha cell, or in a home of a white-clad layman, or in a palace, or on mountains, or in valleys, or in open fields, there, in every case, is to be erected a stupa. To which offerings are to be made. What's the reason? Be it known that that place is a platform of the path. That the Buddhas there have achieved Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. That the Buddhas there have turned the Dharma wheel. That the Buddhas there have achieved Parinirvana. At that time, the world honored one wishing to restate this meaning proclaimed gathas. How are we doing time-wise? Oh, here we go. Do I need to explain any of that? I think it's pretty self-evident by now. We've talked about this a lot. The Buddhas, the saviors of the world, saviors, hate that word, the liberators of the world, dwelling in their great supernatural penetrations in the mind, in order to gladden living beings, display incalculable supernatural powers, a tongue mark reaching to the Brahma world, a body that gives forth countless rays of light. For those who seek the Buddha path, these are rare things that they display. The Buddha's voices as they cough and the sound of the snapping of their fingers are heard throughout the realms of the Ten Quarters, whose lands are all trembled in six ways, up, down, every side. Since after the Buddha's passage into extinction, those who listen to the Buddhas can hold this scripture, the Buddhas all joyfully display incalculable supernatural powers. In order to hand down this scripture, they praise those who accept and keep it, throughout incalculable kalpas, still unable to exhaust the praise, those men's merits shall be limitless and inexhaustible. They shall be like open space in all ten quarters, having no possible limit or end. Those who can hold to this scripture, on that account, shall have already seen me. That's another... Uh, Play on time, right? Sorry about that. It'll stop in a minute. They also shall have seen the Buddha many jewels, 
and those who are emanations of my body, one another. Sorry about that. Forgot to put it on airport mode. As well as the Buddha's many jewels now passed into extinction. All without exception to rejoice. The Buddhas of the present in all ten quarters, as well as those past and future, they shall both see and shower with offerings, enabling them too to gain joy. And this is a free reference between Shakyamuni, many jewels, and all Buddha throughout the universe, simply needing to be, hello, wake up, awakened, brought into our sentient mind. It's already there. It's dormant because all the monkeys are so loud, we're not allowing it to come forward. But by opening that portal, that Buddha eye, that Gohonzon mind, boom, there it is. Been there all along, but we haven't, how can we say it, good old sci-fi way, activated it, right? Like a, a secret agent <laughs> waiting to be activated. What the Buddha seated on the platform of the path, what secret, vital dharmas they attain, he who can hold this myoho shall in no long time also attain. He who can hold this teaching shall with respect to the meanings of the dharmas, to name and words, and to joy in preaching be inexhaustible. As the wind in the midst of space is unobstructed by anything, after the extinction of the thus come one, he shall know the scriptures taught by the Buddha, the causes and conditions and the order of sequence, and teach them in accord with their meaning and with reality. As the bright light of the sun and, moon and the moon can clear away all darkness and obscurity, so this man, going through the world, can extinguish the darkness of the beings. In, I teach incalculable bodhisattvas to dwell absolutely in the one vehicle. For this reason, one who has wisdom, hearing of the advantage of these merits, after my passage into extinction, should receive and keep this scripture, this man, with respect to the Buddha path, shall assuredly have no doubts. That is the supernatural powers of the Thus Come One, chapter 21. We did the whole thing in one shot. And the next chapter is entrustment. So now he's just enumerated the amazing experience of achieving this practice as bodhisattvas who hold, read, recite, revere, interpret. When he says interpret, he's talking about skillful means, right? Interpreting it for others to understand, to come to their own insights. Not to change it, but to interpret it for the benefit of others to inculcate its reasoning into their own life experience. Leading them to the Buddha way, the Buddha path, yeah? Copy it, get others to copy it, 
disseminate it, teach it. You will experience Buddhahood. Now, this next chapter, Entrustment, he's going to make explicitly clear that it's to these bodhisattvas from beneath the earth. And this still, the ceremony is still in the air, hovering with the seven-jeweled stupa, hmm, the treasure tower. And he's now going to bequeath it to these bodhisattvas so that the whole assembly can know and have confidence in the future and that the future knows that it is responsible for taking on this task. That's you and I. So, looking forward to reading this next chapter, 22. In the meantime, thank you for your support. Thank you. Like and subscribe. It takes a few seconds. It's a Bodhisattva act. It helps to promote this Sangha, this channel. So that's, that's very, very important. Cost you nothing. For those of you who are fortunate enough to, uh, to purchase ebooks or print books, mandalas, your support is incalculable. Well, it can be calculated, but it's very, 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 very much appreciated. It helps keep us going along with those of you who are patrons with monthly stipends from any amount you want. I, I opened up a Patreon portal not to charge people to watch videos, but only as a portal to easily make recurring donations or singular donations. You can do the same thing with PayPal. Both avenues work. You guys, you patrons, you paved the way for me to keep these resources updated keep going, keep working on books, keeping the websites open, all of that. And there's lots of free stuff. A lot of you are really enjoying the podcast. Those are free, the Buddhahood podcast. All the links are in the description. I'm sure most of you know that already. Um, and all the free info on threefoldlotus.com. Lots of uh, simple documents on lots of the basic questions and intermediate questions. There's some involved questions there too. I don't know how many buttons I have by now. Started with just a group of beginner questions, and now it's all over the map. From the 12 divisions to what the heck is Namu Myo Rengekyo? How does chanting work? What, is, what, what about the beads? All of these captured in a little green button. You can click on, you get a PDF or a, a, some kind of printable document or link. And you'll have, if not a straightforward answer, enough material for your own study that you can use to help you teach or understand more profoundly or do your own research, right? Tools, tools, tools. That's what we need. We need it because that's what we human samsaric beings need to prove things to ourselves, to take confidence so that when we do go in front of our butsudan and we settle down and we get respectful, sit up, Take notice, focus in on Myohan in Ho, on our mandala. We can focus and know I am now awakening my Buddha mind, my Buddha ness. Namo Myohorengekyo. Not just sitting here going, well, I, you know, I'm going to sing a song. No, it's not a game. This is your mind we're talking about. Right? 
Time to get serious. But it's hard to get serious if you're not sure. If you have doubts, well, maybe this will work. I don't know. I mean, even then, according to Nietzscheen, you're still sowing the seeds. But if you really want to know, if you want to be confident, if you want to take that wonderful word resolve in your moving forward in life and completely experience the fullness of your potential, why wait? Demand it. Yeah? Yeah. That kind of ichinen, that kind of volition, that kind of energy. Okay. <laughs> Enough preaching. Listen, I love that you guys are here. I'm so proud of your practice. You guys are amazing, so please take care of your health. Stay strong. I'll see you in the next one. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> All right. Bye for now.